egg I have for you. Shrek. First Shrek. You ever remember when Farquaad is sitting in his bed? Yes, yes. Are you... Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Wait, but just, just say it. Are you going to say it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Hello, ladies and gents. This is Jimmy Freeze, and you're listening to the newest and hottest podcast on the market. This show is to connect your ears to the mouths of some of the most inspiring and influential people I know. But enough about me. Let's talk you. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome into the WHIP podcast studio for today's episode of Let's Talk You. I'm your host, Jimmy Free, sitting alongside Sven Sully, the movie reviewer, a.k.a. his true alias is Andrew Kent. Andrew, welcome into the studio. Thank you for having me, Jimmy. Sven, my gosh. Like, dude, I, I, so many questions for you. You, you. you are a movie reviewist, right, on YouTube. And that that's your is that your favorite thing that you do, your favorite hobby? Yeah. I absolutely love reviewing movies and watching them. When did this when did this all start? Your idea to do it? And then what was Yeah. I'll go through the whole story. So love it. back in twenty fifteen, I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan, Jimmy, but I'm a massive fan of Star Wars. Always have been. Original trilogy, prequel trilogy. I like them both. <laughs> I know that prequels aren't regarded as Great movies, but episode three, I think, is a terrific movie, a really good one. So, back in 2015, that was the year where the seventh Star Wars movie was coming out, The Force Awakens. Right. It was the first it was time. Like added to this, added to it? Yes, it was added to the Star Wars universe. And Disney, this was their first uh, movie since they bought out Lucasfilm. Was this going to be the first, or this was the first Star Wars film that was released when you were at like this? age pretty much yeah yeah because the last one episode three was released in 2005 yes so it was ten and a half years since the last star wars movie came out which meant this was a highly anticipated movie for movie fans star wars fans practically anyone who's ever watched a movie spielberg fans yeah right really anybody so for me i was super stoked could not wait and i went on youtube Rewatched a couple of old Star Wars reviews of the prequel trilogy. Watched this one guy's review, Chris Stuckman, um, of his review of Episode Three, and I watched I think both him and Jeremy Johns's reviews of all six original Star Wars movies. And then I finally saw the new one, Episode Seven, in theaters. And then one day I, I just decided to continue watching their other movie reviews that they had to offer on their channels. And I was like. Yeah, this is pretty entertaining. I'm actually enjoying myself watching their reviews and whatever movie comes out, they review, and I, I enjoyed doing it. And then I also remember, for some reason, that I think 2015 I saw 10 movies. So on my Snapchat story, oh my Lord. I yeah, that was just. I mean, I'll, I'll nowadays I review. I see about 35 to 40 movies right. a year, but I remember for whatever reason I was like, you know what? I've been in the movies this month in December of 2015 and it was New Year's Eve and I said to my friend I'm going to make a Snapchat movie review, a story and put it out there of all the movies I've seen this year so I about that? Uh, started with a yeah. Snapchat story Yeah. So did, they, um, did it get good reception? yeah a lot of people said I enjoyed this and your so what your was it like, was right. it like 
Yo, I'm Andrew Kent, like filming. And yeah, yeah. Front. So legit, this was I got my Snapchat in. It was my junior year of high school, so back in January of 2015. So only about close to a year later, I just decided to go in my basement and just film me saying, "Hey guys, so it's it's New Year's Eve. I'm a pretty big movie fan now, so I just wanted to make a quick movie review of all the films I saw this year, and then so I just would talk about whatever one in the order I saw them." So I think, what was the, I, I forget what the first movie I saw that year, but uh, I remember one of them was Jurassic World. I mm-hmm. saw that movie. So then I just put in the, you know how Snapchat works where you right. can type it out. So in the line, I put um, Jurassic World, then a dash and said, I, I gave it my grade out of 10. So I think I gave it like a 7 out of 10. And I said, Jurassic World, it was an okay movie, blah, blah, blah. And that's what that's how I did it that night. And people said it was cool. And then so I just kept watching reviews throughout the rest of spring 2015 going into the summer and then by may i remember i saw there was this this button on the youtube app that said record and post your video and i said oh that's pretty interesting well maybe i'll start my own youtube videos and make a channel for myself and so i was like oh, i had to figure out a set and everything had my friends come over we went to my basement built a set for myself and then my friend we we created the channel he did all the art for me, so it was pretty cool. I actually had no idea how to do anything yet. I didn't know how to edit videos. I didn't Nothing. know how to do channel art. Wow. No idea. But then my one good friend in high school helped me out with that, and uh, here I am today. Since then, I, I started out. My first video was my top ten favorite movies of all time, which... How, how has that the, changed? Has it changed a lot? It's changed so much. <laughs> Some of those movies on there, I don't know. I just had to make a video, and <laughs> I, just, I threw it together. I've watched a lot more movies since then. Right. A lot of really great ones. And uh, my my list is much different than that, but that's that's really the main story. And wow. since then, I've been doing it for now two and a half years. So, about yeah, two and a half years, like you said. And the set, what what's what's in the set? So my first set, I had. So my original idea was to do. I'm a big NBA fan, basketball fan in general. That's it's more. I consider myself more of a basketball fan than Any the other other, sport? other sports out there. Yeah. So at first, my channel was going to be a movie review channel slash an NBA talk channel. Wow. So I had an NBA poster on one side and then a Star Wars Episode Three poster Mm -hmm. on the other side behind me. And then I had this little table with a stack of a few Blu-rays. And that's that's, because I I was like, oh, like, you know, a lot of people I know have have movies, the Blu-rays in their background. So I figured it would be a nice little touch for my set. They they do Blu-rays instead of normal DVDs. Is well, that like a normal thing? So now I yeah. So we used to buy DVDs in my household, but now right. for I I noticed that everyone else buys Blu-rays and they're pretty good quality. Yeah. I recommend buying Blu-rays or even 4Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now I just buy Blu-rays, and that was my first set. That was my first set Incredible. when I began my channel, and then since then, um, it, it I I changed houses quite a bit because okay. we. We go down the shore a lot, so mm-hmm. I used to have a shore house now. Mm-hmm. And then we would go on vacations and stuff, so I filmed down there. It's always different, but now it's mainly just the Revenant poster behind me as well as an Inception poster. So let's talk about what goes in to each review. So you first see the movie, and take me through, all right, th- these are the things I have to hit. Is there a standard? So the way I go about my movie reviews is after I see the movie, I give myself maybe about a day. Before I make my review, and what I do is I 
pulled out the positives and negatives, what I liked, I disliked. I, I go on my computer to type this up in my notes. I also, I make sure I know who the director is, put that down so I can introduce who, who that might be, as well as think of my grade after I put down the positives and negatives and say, did I like this movie, did I not? And, and my scale is actually similar to a Rotten Tomatoes scale. It's In what aspect? It's, it's percentages. Okay, so okay. It's a percentage. Um, a lot of people have me ask me questions. Why did you choose to a, a 60 60 over 50. It's yeah, a, yeah, they right. say, like, why did you choose a 60% or why did you choose a 75% or whatever? And I say, I don't know. That's just how I feel about this movie. That's just the, <laughs> the grade in my head. That's what this movie deserves from my point of view. And, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, though. I enjoy picking out all the positives and negatives with every movie I see. And, and sometimes I'll even do older movie reviews for films that came out not in the year but prior to this year. How do you balance out, say it's a newer one, say you're doing it for Creed 2, right? Like, like you did, correct? Uh, and I haven't seen it yet. Now, are you going to warn us of spoilers before? Well... How, how do you work with that? Um, usually... Myself and other movie reviewers on YouTube, they'll let you know in the title of the video if it if it has spoilers in it. So most of the time it says spoilers, or if I have spoilers, I'll mention it in the beginning of the video, say, in case you didn't know, this is a spoiler mm -hmm. review. But sometimes I'll, if it's a big movie, I'll say, don't worry, guys, no spoilers here. <laughs> You're safe with me. So it's... <laughs> You should. Pr you, you'll know. You'll know if you. There's times to too and times not to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it depends. And sometimes. How I'll do you? But I'm I'm saying more. How do you weigh that out? How do I weigh that out? Like if it's worth it or not. Like a movie like, mm, you know, uh, go ahead, whatever. It depends. It depends on how big the movie is. Uh, the only movie where I actually did a both a regular review and a spoiler review was for Avengers: Infinity War because that was the biggest movie of 2018. We already know that, and I'll most likely do the same thing for the new Avengers movie, Endgame, that just dropped its first trailer today. It depends on how big the movie is and if people are going to watch the spoiler review because, let's be honest here, there's some movies out there that nobody actually cares about. True. Nobody's going to watch a spoiler review for that movie, but for a movie on the scale of Avengers Infinity War or a Star Wars movie, it makes more sense to have a spoiler review for that. Okay. And the percentages, like you were saying, how much slack do you ever do you get more people agreeing with you or disagreeing with you? It really depends. A lot of times nobody's ever mean towards me. Okay. Nobody good, it, good. it's very rare where somebody says, Oh, you're an idiot, this is wrong. Right. My opinion is right, your opinion is wrong. But I it, it really for the most part, people will say, Hey, listen, I respect your opinion. I think you make good points. I don't totally agree with you. Hmm. I know for one of the more popular movies this year, Incredibles 2, I was not a fan of that movie at all. Oh, no? No, I thought Haven't seen it. What's so up? Bad. What's wrong with it? Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of things wrong with it. It did not have a creative plot. It was very cliched. Oh, um, I, oh. I thought there was, it was pretty boring with characters heard... like Mr. Incredible, who he, there's no plot with him. He just does stuff and that's it yeah he just lifts a car yeah he makes the kids bubble <laughs> yeah, pop that's the thing he doesn't have a story in the movie he just takes care of jack jack the baby and the other thing was how they decided to make jack jack almost the main character yeah he was right up there they had a lot of scenes with him where it added nothing to the plot he was just there that's a few of them i'm not gonna really spoil anything if you haven't seen it or i'm sure people who are listening to this 
have not seen it either, but yeah, that's one of the few movies this year where I had a, a much different point of view mm. compared to other people. I, I wasn't a fan, and I gave the movie a 50% on mm. my YouTube channel, whereas right now on Rotten Tomatoes is up there in the high 90s. I think it's a 97% at this moment on Rotten Tomatoes. So you can tell that my viewing of Incredibles 2 is much different from mm. that of everyone else. How do you keep up with releasing movies? It's really difficult sometimes. Back in the summer, when I was working at the Acme in Ocean City, doing my thing down there, I went, went out every night with friends, and I was talking to the girl at the one point, so we, we were doing things every night. I uh, didn't have much time to go to the movies as much as I wanted to and, and review movies and, and, and really just put time into my YouTube channel. So back in the summer, it was a little harder because I just found myself so busy and, and doing something every night. Um, but as the year has gone on and the school year has started up again, I, I do find myself getting more time mm. to make videos. And, and that's really what I do. That's where I put a lot of my effort into nowadays. But it depends. It's, it depends on the time of the month. depends on where I am because I know when I go away for Christmas this year, I'm going to Florida, I most likely won't make a video down mm. there because I'm not going to be near my set. It doesn't right. make sense. And how about releases as in um, when the movies come out? So how, how do, do I, you, how do, like, do you get notifications when whatever pops up? Like, is, do you, IMDb, what apps do you utilize as a movie reviewist? So, yeah, I'll, I'll use IMDb for sure. I'll use Rotten Tomatoes. In fact, most of the time I'll look at the Rotten Tomatoes scores and even once in a while that'll determine if I'm actually going to see the movie or not. Wow. But I, I do use Rotten Tomatoes a lot. I use IMDb a lot. Mm. Now IMDb is different from Rotten Tomatoes because the critics on Rotten Tomatoes are actual critics. They're, they're people who have gone through a process to make sure they can rate the movie and have a review for it and, and a lot of them are professional movie critics. Whereas for IMDb if you look at the percentage up there, it's not even a percentage, it's a it's an eight out of ten, eight point one out of ten, right. whatever. Right. Um, those people are just like you and me. They can just create like a Yelp. And yeah, you, you can just go in there, uh, you can rate the movie from one to ten, and then if you want, you can write a review. But it's much different. You're talking about movie critics. Would that ever be a end goal for you? I would love to be a movie critic. It'd be something What out of my dreams. What how do you clarify for to be a how do you, uh, you know... How do you get there? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Personally, I have no idea. In fact, I remember I used to say to my dad, one day I would love to be a movie critic, and he says, Andrew, that's not a real job. <laughs> I, I'd imagine that it can, it, it can be a job, but you do other things on the side too. Right, I mean, likely. but you just said Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. So they're they're paying those guys to get their comp uh, yeah. their, their articles or comments on there. Right. Yeah, because I know some of those guys. They probably they probably write more than just movie reviews. I think some of them come from uh, they're, they're they're paid by uh, whatever website. Like say for instance, somebody works for E mm-hmm. Network, and they write on their website for them. Maybe they'll be that their uh, their movie critic for them, and they'll probably do other things on the side too. But I know for some movie reviewers on YouTube, they are certified on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Chris Stuckman, for instance, he makes movie reviews on YouTube, and that's it. that is his full-time job because YouTube has allowed that to be his full-time job. He makes enough money for 
himself there at that point that he doesn't have to go out and find an actual job. Wow. So he, yeah, he's established himself enough. Yes. Kind of, kind of like uh, in a different region, still YouTube, like the Twitch streaming, like Ninja. You know, brings in enough viewers for them to pay him. So that's a whole different ballgame, though. But Andrew Kent, thank you for joining me, my friend. Um, what? So movie reviews definitely have a different. Maybe it's the YouTube feel, but they have a different feel to them. Jump cuts that you're allowed to do, you know, and. How do you get the B-roll of the movie? How do you have rights to to get that? Because you, you, I have to say right away, man. Movie, movie reviews. Some of them have the pictures of the of scenes and stuff like that, or just like gifs of the scenes. But you have the whole. You'll have a whole twenty-minute segment that you're still talking under, and it's very enticing. How that, do you do that? That's a fantastic question, Jimmy. It's a question I asked myself my friends when I first began doing YouTube I wondered do I have rights to use pictures and thumbnails and, and just let alone videos and uh, there's something called free use out there where you can use any clip for a certain amount of time but for whatever reason some movie companies who own the rights to the footage that of the trailers put on YouTube they don't even they, they completely ignore that that's even a thing and sometimes they'll demonetize people's videos I'm not oh, even man. unfortunately right now I'm not able to monetize my videos because I don't have a thousand subscribers and that's a whole another situation that I think needs to be fixed on YouTube for monetize people. yeah so monetization it's when you you just you, you can make money off of your videos okay but for you the only way you can do that only way you can monetize on YouTube is by having a thousand subscribers that used to be different it could be any you could have any amount of subscribers and get your videos monetized and I, I think a lot of it goes, you make a lot of the money through the amount of views you get on the video, but you might not make that much after all. So monetizing is pretty much, in layman's terms, like a contract with YouTube. I'm going to keep my content going and getting the same amount of right. viewers and you pay me whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why some uh, big movie companies out there demonetize f uh, videos that movie reviewers make on YouTube, the reason they do this is because if you're, utilizing their product, putting that trailer in your movie review, they're saying, hey, you're using my product right. in your video, so therefore I'm going to take all the money you make off of this video and it goes to me and not you now. Just like the NFL says, all rights and whatever right before. Da, 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 yes. da, da, da. Yeah, and it it sucks, but it's the, it's the harsh truth. So you've never gotten a video of yours pulled, though, right? No. Never have I gotten a video taken down off my channel, which is great. Good. Knock on wood. Yeah. I, I knock on wood. That's <laughs> the thing to do. So it's, it's free clips, you said? Yeah, so it's, it's free it's pretty use. pretty crazy. Free huh? use? So you can, you can use. I don't know how much time you're allowed to have right. using the clip. I've heard in the past you can use 30 seconds up to that for any movie trailer and put that in your movie review. But I'm not really sure if that's so you're telling totally me true. All the clips in your videos are from trailers? Yes, they actually all come from, for the most part. There's a few. How I mean, about that? You can, you can go on YouTube, and I haven't done just movie reviews. I do other kinds of videos, too. But uh, sometimes I'll take from just a, a clip on YouTube from whatever movie. For instance, I made a Halloween video back in October around that holiday, and I talked about The Shining. So I just went on to... Fandango, I think it's their YouTube mm -hmm. channel where they had a clip from The Shining. I just pulled that from the YouTube video and threw it right into my video. So Give them courtesy. 
<laughs> it's I did, it goes back to free use because you don't it necessarily does. have to acknowledge a good point. that it's theirs. You can say because if you did, then therefore you would make no profit. None of these YouTubers would have any income unless you have something like a Patreon or a PayPal, something like that, where your True. your viewers can pay you. put money right. into your account, donate it. Good point. So, how much of your time? You said you do more than just movie reviews. What are your couple other your favorites that you've done that are aside from movie reviews? I'm a pretty big fan of making ranking videos and top tens. Those are some of my favorites. Give me all right. Let's go. Let's let's do one. Let's go. What, what's one of the favorites you've come up with? So for that hasn't changed like the movies of all time. Okay. So let's just say you just mean like pick any ranking video that I've done in the past. Yeah. Um, one that sticks out in your head. Well, definitely the Star Wars movies. That's, okay. That's always been a big one for me. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it is the one that started my channel, after all. True. Okay. Who who showed you the Star Wars? What, do you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, Actually, no. I, I think, going back to it, the first movie I believe I watched was Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. There it is. my neighbor. But I don't think I ever watched the, the beginning. We always, because I would go to my neighbor's basement and he would always be like, hey, let's just watch, like, the ending of episode two. And we, I remember we we, const- we kept watching it continuously, uh, the ending of the movie. Because I do like the ending of the movie. It's pretty entertaining with the Coliseum scene and the final fight between, uh, you know, Obi-Wan, Anakin, take on Christopher uh, Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a really fun scene. But, um, yeah, that was the first movie I, I watched in Star Wars, even though I didn't watch it in full, I don't think. And then I think I watched episode three. After that, and then episode one, and then my—I remember I asked for like—I didn't even know the original trilogy existed when I was in second grade. Oh my gosh, that's a funny thing. So I, wow. I think I asked my parents. I was like, "Oh, can I like have episode four for Christmas?" And they got it for me. And then I just—I guess I watched them after that. I think the last movie I watched out of the original six was Return of the Jedi. My uncle Darren, who was is was the is the deceased husband of a guest past guest Tracy Miller was a big Star Wars fan and uh, we his he had ALS and for his, the walks that we used to go to the shirts they were called we were called the ALS wing fighters in, in honor of uh, Star Wars so he he had the big Star Wars effect on me I was never a big Star Wars guy but they just always they, just, they have their own touch just unlike any other any other movie anybody could think of but what is your favorite non, I, I don't want to say nonfiction, but like human, like, uh, you know. Like, like science fiction, but the opposite of that? Just, yeah, just the opposite regular. of science fiction. Yeah, boy, that's that's tough. Do you, like, what, what type of movies do you honestly like to watch? Like, I just like, I love action. You like action? I love drama, mysteries. Um, comedy? Really eh. Comedy is okay. I think comedies have gone downhill a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just going to pull a movie from the top of my head, Right now, I would say my favorite regular ordinary people movie would have to be The Revenant. What? Ooh. Right, I, Leo. And and then because I, I wouldn't consider any superhero movie in that genre. If right. Talk like The Dark Knight. I think that's those are some of my favorite movies Top. ever. But I'm not gonna throw them in there or any animated. Mm. If you're just going to talk about non-superhero, non-science fiction, regular ordinary people, The Revenant. Okay. What, is it, are there types of genres? That are easier to review and harder to review? Ooh, I never thought about that. But I would say for so for a lot of action movies, and you can throw sci-fi in there 
whatever genre you want. It can be anything. Heroes. Yeah, anything like that can be thrown into the action genre itself. And a lot of them are pretty much the same. Mm. Look at superhero movies. Can you really pick out many differences between Black Panther and Ant-Man or mm-hmm. whatever, Iron Man? Right. There's, there's a, a lot of similarities because they're all kind of the same movie. They don't change up the formula. So I, I would say those are a little bit harder to review because you try to pick out differences from the movies. and It's, it's very interesting, but um, the same goes for James Bond, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. A lot of them kind of follow that same old plot formula. where it's, you know, you have some great action scenes and then some something's going on some with the government. Love. And then, yeah, some, some romance is thrown in there, something going on with the government. And then you have the villain and their past <laughs> coming back to haunt the, the main superhero or uh, protagonist in the movie. So those the, I would say those are probably harder because mm. a lot of the times I just base it off of how great the action is and the characters, and that's really all I can look at for the movie. Probably action, or like graphics too. How yeah, they, yeah, the yeah. CGI has to be on point. Mission gotcha. Impossible does a great job in using practical effects instead of going towards that CGI. It's all real, and, and none of it's fake. Talking about cool action scenes, the Kingsman. When he locks that door of the bar and he's just going and the camera angle, that's so, that was so different to me. That camera angle, it looked like a video game and it looked like he was wearing it on himself at times. That was, a, yeah. what did you, did you do a review I, on Kingsman? I actually saw both of them. Yeah. And I think that the first one's a really good movie. Uh, the, did you see the church scene in the film? That, oh, that's shoot. Okay. an incredible it's pretty scene. similar, right? Does it's, he shoot yeah, it's all, it's all one take. But all the action scenes in those movies, for the majority, they seem like all, one. When, it's it's not an actual one take, right? Because they clearly it's there's CGI involved, right. and they they do cut it up, but they make it look like it's all one take, which is very impressive. Speaking of another one take movie that I thought was very impressive, you know what I'm going to say? Birdman. I knew you were going to say that. I knew yeah. it just when you said one take. I said Birdman. I did see that movie too. Very different. Michael Keaton. Certainly. You know, and and I, I this is a good one I wanted to get into with you. How different is, or how important to you is a soundtrack? Very important. Sometimes a soundtrack can be the difference between me liking a movie and me hating a movie. I'm not going to lie. There are some films that I've watched and I said, this soundtrack is amazing. I think I like this movie more than anything else. For instance, Inception. I wonder, the other night I was thinking to myself, if Inception did not have that same intense dramatic soundtrack mm-hmm. would I like the movie as much I don't know that's a, that's a really good question I don't know it's it's something you have to look at and for me I'm somebody that does listen to movie soundtracks on Spotify I go, I go oh, in my yeah. car and I, I put them on sometimes I say this is something I want to listen to right now it's super su- super great to listen to but um, no I think they, they are really important to make a great movie sometimes You can, can you pick out some of the top Soundtracks, yeah, sure. That um, you could listen to in your car right now on Spotify. Yeah, a- anything Star Wars I think is really good. Okay. Um, as I said, Inter- Inception, great soundtrack. A- anything Christopher Nolan is really good. Interstellar has one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Pirates of the Caribbean, Spider Man. But Christopher Nolan, you were saying Dark Knight. When they do that high, did you ever see DC? Yes. It's D. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's crazy. Come on, it is. that's looking really far into it, but it's very cool. That movie, if I didn't ask you to do a review or do, I, I kind of, if you haven't started already, I kind of rather you do uh, do more of your, like one of your top tens kind of thing. Okay. Something more loose, easier for you to do than less formulaic than a, than a review. Sure. Um, 
for the movie that I asked you to do. It'll be a surprise to the listeners. One of my favorites. But do, how about TV shows? Do you watch much, much TV? Not really. As Definitely not as much as other people do mm-hmm. on campus. I know TV shows are huge right now for a lot of people, a lot of college students. It's our generation with the yeah, you know, yeah. attention span. Yeah, people say they can't sit there and watch a whole movie, whereas they, for some reason can binge watch a whole TV series in the span of a day. <laughs> I don't I don't get that, Jimmy. It doesn't make much sense <laughs> to me. But um, for, for coming back to TV shows and movies and that debate, I, I'd rather just watch a movie if I'm going to watch anything that's more serious-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know AMC has a lot of popular shows, FX, HBO, all those. That There's a lot of shows that people watch all the time you look back and say breaking bad walking dead i was just there's, gonna ask you there's yeah. a lot there's a lot I, I have not watched any of those though no funniest thing is if i it, it takes me a while to get invested in the tv shows that are more serious based for me the tv shows i do watch they're they're comedy based they like are the office I, parks and rec sometimes sometimes I, i'm mainly recently i'm watching friends okay. as well as I'm, I'm a big spongebob fan and, hey and regular show so those are the those are the ones i watch a lot because i think they're highly entertaining and fist bump there we go. No, no, no. Fist, actual fist bump, though. You want to go to the, you want to go to the band? Yeah. The, uh, coffee, coffee, coffee. Yes. Oh, my God. Regular show's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Amazing. SpongeBob, favorite SpongeBob moment? Favorite SpongeBob? Oh, well, we watched it last night. I, I've been watching SpongeBob every night, pretty much. I, I, the first three seasons are amazing. So perfect. So great. And I've so watched perfect. every episode uh, oh my probably gosh. in the last month already in that, in that whole first three seasons. But favorite moment? Right now, I'd say it has to be E minor. When he says, solitude, E minor. And he says, yeah, E minor, all right, yeah. And he falls asleep. Yeah, E minor. That's, <laughs> a, that's opposite day, isn't it? It's, uh, um, no, that's the one where um, Squidward makes SpongeBob and Patrick again a feud. And so they both want to be best friends with Squidward. And then, he, of course, both of them somehow find a way to get Squidward upset and angry. And then he tries to get them back together. And at the end, they drink way too much soda, which then bubbles pop out of them and it causes Squidward's house to explode. So Squidward gets a little bit of karma coming his way after he made them break up as best friends in the beginning of the episode. It's, it's quite great. <laughs> yes. Did you review the Spongebob movie? I did not, actually. Because that, that would be a funny one. You know, look out for this. Mr. Krabs whispers to Spongebob, right? After, after he announces Squidward and Spongebob runs up on the podium thinking he won, Mr. Krabs whispered to Spongebob, and you can hear, jackass, and he's like, I'm making a complete one of myself. He's like, jackass. Really? And, like, and you're like, oh, my God, he said it. He's called him a jackass. What? Yeah. I didn't so know that. Check that out. And uh, another another little egg I have for you, Shrek. First Shrek. You ever remember when Farquaad is sitting in his bed? Yes, yes. Are you? Uh, <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. Wait, but just, just say it. Are you going to say it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And the mirror, he's looking at the magic mirror, and he's like, show me Fiona. And the magic mirror, you know how it's got like a mask face on? It's like, oh, here we go again. And he shows Fiona, and you see this little movement yes. in Farquaad's sheets. And he looks down, he's like, ooh, and covers it. And then it, it ends the Oh, yeah, scene. yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, a lot of, lot of profanity. But I was breaking, I was going to bring up Breaking Bad, because Vince Gilligan with that show... Oh my gosh! Every color that the the cast wore, every every color of the you know whatever had a meaning behind it. 
every shadow and all that stuff. How far do you look into that with, with movies? Like, how far past the plot and mm-hmm. soundtrack do you look? There's a lot of movies that do use symbolism, and uh, they, they connect it to a deeper meaning. Um, one movie I know that does this is Drive. It's a movie that the plot... That's not, is, that's not Baby Driver. No, Sorry, that's a different, this is a different yeah. movie. This is one with Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan okay. as the, the leads. And uh, it's it's just about a driver who, um, like, I guess, falls in love with this, this one girl. He really likes her, but she has a husband and everything going mm-hmm. on there. But then there's other, like, there, there's these mob, mob guys coming after them. Okay. It's the movie I was hoping it would be action-packed, but that, there's only two car scenes car chase scenes in the whole movie that's it yeah and just... the movie relies heavily on symbolism and metaphors so uh for me i'm not a big fan unless it really hits home mm-hmm. one movie that does a great job in relaying their use of metaphors is that of the movie mother it came out back in september 2017 starring uh, jennifer lawrence and Javier Bardem, mm-hmm. who, if, I don't know if you know him, he's from No Country for Old Men and Skyfall as uh, the main villains in those films. But that movie is a giant metaphor, and there's a lot that they do with that film that has a deeper meaning that, that you know the director uh, had a lot to say about our environment and, and religion. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of that, and, and, and I know there's a lot of movies out there that do the same thing where it, they have stronger plots, and the whole movie's not a metaphor, but there's deeper meaning to everything they do. Whereas you mentioned the color, I know one movie that has a strong use of the color yellow is Sicario. So I don't know what the meaning of that is, but I'm, I'm guessing um, there there's definitely something going on there with the camera work and mm-hmm. the use of that color yellow that right. the director um, definitely definitely found useful for the story. How hard is it to? How difficult is it to? Because I'm just keep thinking about how you please your viewers, and how to always stay on top. Mm-hmm. So is it? More difficult to review a cult-type movie like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, something that has a series and a following, than Baby Driver? I would say so, yes, because when you review these movies, you have to touch on, if it's a sequel, you have to talk about what happened in the movie before this. That's a good point. And then you also give away spoilers in case some of those people who are watching your video have not seen the other movies that came out before that film. So that that's the, I, I would say that's the biggest problem you run into when you have to review a movie like that. And plus, it, sometimes you have to go into a little bit more depth with the characters and, and more spoiler territory than anything else. Whereas for Baby Driver, there, there hasn't been a movie that came out before that, so you can just talk about whatever you want and, and just as long as you don't spoil anything in the movie itself. Right. How do you feel comfortable about pressing the post button what gets you to the point of saying, okay, I'm ready to post this? How do you know you've touched upon everything? Because I feel, I, I'm a guy who likes to talk. I feel like I could be going 15 minutes talking about a movie. You know, right. I, and some some right. of it you could leave out, some of it you don't. How do you weigh that stuff out? So there's there's a lot that goes through my head. The other day, in fact, my professor, do you know Neil Hartman? I don't. So he's he used to be on CSN. He's, mm. he's known uh, for Philadelphia sports around this area. But he's my professor, and he showcased my YouTube videos Did to he? the whole class and was asking the same question. He also recommended that maybe I make it less than five to six minutes. And the problem with that is I have so much to say about a particular movie that I want to get all of my opinions out there and let everyone know why I feel the way about that movie and why I gave it that specific grade. But um, so just today alone, I remember I exported 
my one video. So I said the Avengers, new, the fourth movie's trailer just came out today and I did a reaction to it. And so I, I exported it, then I clicked on it and I realized that what, for whatever reason, my intro music was non-existent. It was oh. silent. And then so I was like, great. And I was going to run late to Neil Hartman's class. Oh, shoot. His, this was at like 1130 and it takes about 10 minutes or 20 minutes to export a video for some reason in my apartment. Yeah. And so it, it was kind of annoying. I had to go back and export it again, do mm. the whole process over, change that, make sure there was sound. Uh, but for the most part, I, I'm act I would consider myself a perfectionist when it comes to making YouTube videos. I want to make sure that everything is in the right spot. That's why sometimes it could take me up to two hours just to perfect my movie reviews and, and mm -hmm. edit everything together, put the right clips over, whatever I'm talking about. It has to be in the right spot or else I feel like I'm not doing my best job. Full duration it takes you on average. On average? From start from opening credits to opening credits of the movie to you wiping your hands. Okay, next one. So for my reviews, you mean? Yeah, like um, pressing post. Okay, so I would say for me, I, I first make the thumbnail. The video itself takes about 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes to film, sometimes 15. Mm. And then once I'm done that, I'll throw it all on my computer, and then I, I make the thumbnail right away. I also have to take a picture of myself and cut that out on Photoshop so that the th thumbnail can take up to 30 minutes tops. The video itself, on average, and these are all the averages too, I would say. The the video on average is about an hour, hmm. about an hour. And then to export and to throw it onto YouTube, that takes an extra 20 to 30 minutes. So the whole process itself, not even including the movie because some movies are hour and a half to two mm -hmm. and a half hours long. The whole process itself, on average, probably takes about two hours. Okay. Two hours, two and a half hours. Andrew Kent joining us in on the WHIP podcast studio. Andrew, what are you trying to get out of this at the end of the day? That is an excellent question. And to that, I say, hopefully a career one day. I will continue making videos for as long as I can. I have a question. Do you ever use the Adobe, um, what is it called? The yeah, the whole setup here. Cloud? Adobe, the Adobe Cloud. Mm -hmm. Do we, so once we graduate, does that... Gone. It's gone? Yeah, so for me, that's what I use, and mm -hmm. I don't really feel like spending that much money in the real world, so maybe, hopefully I get a job right outside of college. I can right. just be like, yeah, I'll just pay for it. Yeah. I'll pay for the whole cloud. I don't even know how much it costs. Probably like 500 bucks, but... It's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> probably a lot, but scared. if I want to continue making videos, I have to have that. Right. And so I'm hoping that after I graduate college... I can continue, and I, and, and I just want to keep gaining subscribers. Mm -hmm. It's been it's it's very very difficult. It's, it's a it's gradual process. It's, yes, it's competitive on YouTube. Of course, a lot of other people do the same thing. Where we all review movies. Thankfully, there's other channels out there that have more competition than me. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm I'm Good somewhere point. in the middle of the pack, maybe even less than the middle of the pack. But um, I I do hope to just gain more subscribers, gain more watchers on every video hopefully one of my videos can someday get into the 100k range it's, it's very very hard though i go to your favorite your top listener top the top viewer guy that watches every single time you besides yeah he's got great ideas great reviews if i said yes yeah, Sven sully what do you think of him what do you want your top subscriber to say about you as a person not yeah his reviews are great yeah he likes gives a good twist or whatever but what do they what do you want your viewers to know about you 
What idea wants you do want do you want to portray? I want them to know who I am as a person. I want them to un- understand what I go through, and hopefully, in their head, they're saying that I'm an informative person. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm somebody that you want to go to to talk about movies, and if you want to reveal. You can come to me and say, this kid knows exactly what he's talking about. He'll give you the gist of this film and, and what's right and what's wrong about the movie, why he liked it, why he hated it. That's what I really want out of this. Plus, I want them to know and understand that I do have a really good personality. And I'm sure a lot of people have already said that. They they say that I, I can make my videos more interesting. Um, for somebody who might not watch the movie I'm reviewing, they'll say, well, you made me more interested to see for me to see that movie and to want to watch it just based off watching your review. That's, that's what I come away, and I, I hope that whoever is watching my videos can say the same thing and, and know that I do go through a lot to, to make these videos and put up a, a really big effort. So hopefully most of my, my fans out there that watch my videos um, do have that idea about me that I, I do have a personality that is worthwhile, and I hope they, they say that I have a good personality for YouTube, meant to be on air, review movies, or do whatever, but that, that's what I really want them to say. I think after listening to this, they will fully know that and be aware. Andrew Kent, thank you so much for joining the podcast studio here at WHIP radio station for Let's Talk You. Andrew, if you don't mind, we're going to have some uh, updates on social media, on our social media at Let's Talk You Pod about you. Maybe, you know, a couple exclusive videos or something like that. But Andrew Kent, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you having on, dude. Appreciate you coming on. And God bless in all your future work, brother. Thank you very much, Jimmy. We are very, very excited to see what you do next and uh, where you're going to end up in probably L.A. That's what I'm going to guess. Hopefully. We'll see. Rotten Tomatoes. Working for them. That's pretty cool. Represent that. What's up, baby? I work for Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a great little... uh, Yeah, little starter, right? right, Break the ice. Andrew Kent, thank you so much for Let's Talk You, ladies and gentlemen. That has been it. I'm Jimmy Freeze. As always, have a terrific night, and God bless.